Writers up. This is Riders Up, the best place to get all the horse racing news and information that you need. Now here's your host, Frank Lyon. Well, welcome to Riders Up here on ESPN Radio, 1300 AM. I'm your host, Frank Lyons. This show is brought to you by Transformer Equine. For more on these products, visit TransformerEquine.com. Well, on the show today, we will have Michael Hernan, the Director of Sales at Gainesway Farm, and who also has the distinction of being the co-breeder of Monomoy Girl, last week's Kentucky Oaks winner. And by Frank Miramati, the race caller at Monmouth Park, whose summer meet got off to a great start last week. See how his derby went. And we will handicap the Belmont card today, featuring the Grade 3 Peter Pan and the Grade 1 Man of War, one of my favourite races, amongst others. So sit tight, relax, get your coffee or tea, and we will be right back. Naira Bats is the premier place to wager on the Kentucky Derby. New members will receive a $200 bonus when you use the promo code RIDERSUP at sign-up. R-I-D-E-R-S-U-P at sign-up. Earning this bonus is simple. Just bet $200 in the first 14 days and you'll get an extra $200 right into your Naira Bets account. Plus, for Derby Weekend only, new members will also receive a free Derby wagering guide to help you win. Go to NairaBets.com. Enter promo code R-I-D-E-R-S-U-P, Riders Up, and qualify for your $200 sign-up bonus today. Arthrosize is a breakthrough new joint supplement for performance horses. It features a revolutionary new hyaluronic acid. It's the smallest molecular size and weight, therefore it passes the gut wall. You'll see results in three to five days, and we guarantee it. We also have a special introductory offer. If you buy a gallon, you get a free quart. What a great way to start. Welcome back to ESPN Radio. I am your host, Frank Lines, and right now, very pleased to be joined by my old buddy, Frankie Miramati. How are you, Frankie? I'm feeling great, Frank. How are you today? I'm very, very good. How was it getting back on the mic last week? It was nice, and it was a perfect kind of schedule for me. Just one day a week, I like that. Yeah. And now we're back to now we're back to the two day a week schedule. We actually had a very big day, Kentucky Derby Day. We had over twenty thousand in attendance, and typically on that day, when we because we this is the first time we've run that early, we usually start in the middle of the month. Sure. Typically on that day, we get three four thousand people, so it was a, a huge turnout and uh, very good. And it's very important for Mammoth. Every day is extremely urgent because the track faces such a you know, tough sure. deal with the surrounding states. And until the sports betting gets approved, you know, we're really fighting hard. So it was nice to see a good turnout. And we've got two great cards this weekend, 12 races today, 11 tomorrow. So uh, it's going to be a good season. And so, I mean, of all the racetracks in all the country, I think that the Monmouth Park, the New Jersey fans, are as as more knowledgeable about horse racing uh, and just their just pure love of the sport. It's it's uh, kind of an unbelievable thing. I've always felt that the East Coast, and I'm a California boy, but I've always felt that the East Coast fans are just a little more into it. Yeah. And when I, you know, last week when I came back, it was almost like a reunion of sorts because I do a paddock seminar uh, every day. Thankfully, I don't have to do any handicapping because I'm just the host, and I ask the analysts whether it's Mike Kersey or Brad Thomas who they like. And um, but 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 you just see these people out there and they're paying attention. They're 
you know, they ask good questions. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. I, I really love this job. This, well, we I, love I, you, I, Frankie. You yeah, know that's that. that's a good thing. Yes. We love the game, man. That's what it's all about. you got to share your passion. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is there a track where you enjoy calling races more or less? Well, I would say this, you know, as, uh, you know, moment is, is great. The, the vantage point from the booth for the finish line is not good at all. I'm, I'm very much before the finish line, so that's tough. Oh. But I open the windows and you get the beautiful Jersey breeze in. So there's a trade-off. Plus, when you're, when you're you know, toward the 16th pole, you're, you're closer to where the serious, you know, decisive part of the race yeah. unfolds in the stretch. And so you can see it better. Um I would say, you know, as far as places I've called, uh, I really don't know of any place that I didn't like. I mean, Atticad Park didn't really have the greatest booth in the world. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> neither did Bluegrass Downs. I mean, there were wasps flying that could hit you in the head. <laughs> you the one that had called the race. That was no fun. Uh, so you're... For, the most part, for the most part, I've had some pretty good uh, opportunities. Now, what's your favorite race call of all time? Of mine? Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, I, I would have to say, you know, there there are a few in the battle. So if it was a stretch run, the Arkansas Derby of American Pharaoh, I believe, was probably my best call. Oh, wow. Um, when when Tiz now won the Super Derby, I thought that was one of my better calls. But if you talk about my favorite moment of race calling, and, and, and it's a tough thing to pinpoint, but to me, believe it or not, it's going to be in 2000, the day before the Breeders' Cup, when Tiz now and Giants Causeway came down the stretch. They had All-Star Announcers Day at Churchill Downs, and Luke Kreitbos arranged for me to be a part of that, and it's the only All-Star Announcer Day I've ever been invited to. Huh, um, I doubt and that. Uh, they let me call two races that day. So I called one race as myself, which was fine. I did a decent job. I was happy with it. Yeah. And the last race of the day, I called as every person who called that day, all the other guys. Huh. And so... There were too many people to put into the race because you wouldn't have enough time to switch from this to this to this. So I put a couple of them right at the gate saying a couple of things as they were loading. And that call, I mean, let's put it this way. The reason it's my favorite call, there's several reasons for it. First of all, it went very well. Uh, I was able to do an impression of Lucas when they were walking to the gate, of course. <laughs> uh, so that was fun for me because a lot of people were looking up. And keep in mind, at Churchill Downs, particularly whether it would be Churchill or Keeneland or anything in Kentucky, if someone says D-Wayne Lucas is on the mic, you're probably going to think it's true, right? They're yeah, absolutely. So I started talking about, you know, the program and, and this and that, and I said that, that you know, that they're going to have some horses that will be, you know, double tough. And that was the weekend when uh, it was one of those weekends when he had that huge win uh, with Surfside. Who was in that race? Was it Flanders. It was, uh, the, but no, no, it was, no, it was the other one. It was... Uh, it was one. Of, it was a filly that won at an enormous price. I can't believe I forgot her name, but it wasn't planned. Serena Song? It, no, it wasn't Serena Song. I'll mm, remember it. I'll okay. remember it. It'll come back to me. Surfside. It might have been Surfside. Yes, it could have been. I don't know if Surfside would have ever been that high of a price, though. But anyway, oh. but, but then I called the race, and I, I started as Luke Kreitbos. Then I did John Asher, because he had called that day. Uh, Mike Battaglia, which was very fun to do, and I know that for whatever reason, Mike didn't like that call that I did, and it was a very accurate call. So, oh, um, but I, yeah, but, go on. But the, um, then there was, uh, then I did uh, Tom Durkin, which was a so-so impression, but the words were right. Yeah. And then I went to Trevor Denman, and then I went to Dave Johnson to close it out. And what made it fun for me is that Trevor Denman, who's really not a guy that would typically, you know, he kind of stays away from the from the whole, you know, He's just on his own usually. He sure. doesn't really get involved, right? Doesn't have a comment uh, either way. He told he told me he was going to stay and watch that race, 
And so Trevor watched that race, and he came into the booth after I was done, and uh, it was him, myself, and Luke Kripos, and he said to me, he looked at me, and he goes, Frank Miramonte, you're a magician. How do you do it, man? And that was like, to me, to have your idol, you know, give you that kind of compliment was definitely my greatest moment. Like, And Dave Grenning of the Racing Forum and Jay Pritman were both outside the booth where, I don't know why, but you could see them. So I don't remember exactly what the layout was, but they were right there and they stood up and clapped. It was just like, oh. to me, that was as good as it gets. You know? oh. It couldn't get any. And then Tisnow wins the Breeders' Cup the next day and he had won the... He had won that uh, Super Derby where I called him a superstar in the making. So that was like one of the weekends of all time. Oh, that's great. That's a great story. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> could you just do a little bit of Mike Pataglia? I've never heard you do Mike Pataglia, and I've never heard a Mike Pataglia impression. So could you just do like 10 seconds of it? Yeah, I'll, I'll do the vagrancy, which will be one of the races we're going to cover at Belma. Oh. In the final furlong, sounds delicious. Now draws off on the outside holiday disguises gaining ground smelling the wire sounds delicious wins it by two <laughs> ah, you're the best I swear to God uh, so now we had a great week of handicapping last week I'll tell you what if the fans aren't if, if they're listening and, and using our picks these last for the last month or so Here's what they're not doing, Frank. They're not cussing us out at the yeah. track unless they're using the "let it ride" theory of crossing out our picks. Yeah. Then they're getting uh, they're getting run over. But we've uh, knock on wood, we've done well. And in handicapping, you know, you never want to toot your own horn because sure. the team will humble you every thirty minutes. Absolutely. And, uh, and and also, it's so difficult because even when you handicap, uh, you know, really well, sometimes a race will come up. Where you take a stand against a horse, and and a lot of it is a lot of the success of whether you win or lose at the races is the sequence of the races. Like, for example, the sprint. I uh, for some reason I didn't show the respect that I should to Limousine Liberal. Yeah, and so that can ruin a lot of picks surrounding it because you try to connect the dots. So a lot of it has to do with uh, good luck. But we're very happy with uh, justifying good magic. My yep. top two picks ran one two. It was uh, it was a great race, and I'm very uh, happy to see that they both fired big shots. And sure, uh, what what a what an unbelievable training job by Bob Baffert. I mean, he just keeps topping himself. I put a joke out there on Twitter. I said, "Listen, forget about the Apollo curse. I'll be impressed when Bob Baffert wins the Derby with a first time starter." Yeah. <laughs> because like, what more can he do? This guy. It's yeah. Oh, ridiculous. he is terrific. I mean, what a beast. What do you think about going forward in the Triple Crown? Well, listen. He's going to be, what, one to five in the Preakness, yeah. two to five next week? Yeah. I love the fact that suddenly these, like at first glance, a lot of people were saying, no, no, and then they saw the issue when he had that little foot rash, and all of a sudden everyone's coming back for more. Yeah. All the so haters. I, I, look, he's never lost the Preakness with a Derby winner. The Belmont will not be easy. Of course it won't be. Um, I think it's going to be more challenging than people think. Yeah. Because, of course, it's a challenge. It's the test of the champion. It's sure. the third race in five weeks. We know all that. But... Horses like Hofburg, Good Magic, uh, some of these other horses uh, that, you know, I don't know if Good Magic, were, I know Chad Brown's now on the fence. I, I don't know if he's going to go or not going to go, but, but uh, you know, it's not going to be easy to do, but I, I certainly think it's a distinct possibility. Yeah, so now today we have a great uh, lineup of races at Belmont Park uh, featuring the Peter Pan. Who, that's Belmont implications there. And the Peter Pan, just three years ago, Tonalist won the Peter Pan and went on to win the Belmont and back in the day the great uh, one of the most influential sires that we've AP had AP Indy AP Indy 
and Eddie D uh, came to win the um, Belmont after winning the Peter Pan. So, I mean, there's some serious racehorses in there today. We'll talk more about that in a minute. First of all, we have the vagrancy, the grade three vagrancy going six and a half furlongs. What did you make of the grade three va- vagrancy? Well, as my particularly called, Sounds Delicious is a silly that I'm a big fan of. Uh, yeah. I absolutely uh, loved having the privilege of calling her. I called her in a very, very unlucky loss on February 8th. She came back the next time. And granted, she was two to five, but Andy Sterling and I had a big argument that day. I told her this was a single of singles. She did win. I'm still kicking myself for somehow uh, on March 17th, uh, St. Patrick's Day, not absolutely unbuckling on her because I was busy doing something or another. And I go, oh, my God, I forgot about that race in New York. And she uh, went off at 9-2, to two, almost 5-1, to one, and won by eight lengths. Oh. Uh, and then last time out in the distep, she got uh, beat. But she is, a, first of all, a beautiful specimen. I could never go against her in this spot. I have to go to Sounds Delicious. What do you like? Well, you know, I just see a lot of pace in this race, and I see it kind of, you know, I mean, they're classy fillies, and uh, they've uh, sh- shown that they, they can all run. But I just think that Ascertain, uh, she won by eight and a half lengths in the first time in the barn of Todd Pletcher. And then she had a little bit of trouble at uh, three to five last time where she was bumped out of the gate. She was three wide on the turn. And uh, she makes her first start at Belmont today. But I just think, at, like, I couldn't uh, d- make a difference between Holiday Disguise, Sounds Delicious, and Shallon. And they're all speed horses, except for Holiday Disguise. She'll come from off the pace, too. Uh, but uh, Ascertain, I think she gets a good trip, and I would take a shot uh, with Ascertain today, six to one. Oh, she's she, yeah, she's nice, and, and you know she's won three of eight. By the way, I can't believe I you know I just looked it up on uh, the internet. That's the beauty of the internet. It was Spain that won at that big price. That's uh, right. That I, I can't believe that I uh, sixteen to one. Yeah, she, she was huge price that day. Yeah. So I wanted to clarify that. It's amazing how we forget these things. You know, Spain started her career in the barn of Jeff Bondi. Uh, Is that North right? North I did not yes. know that. Yes, huh. uh, but uh, D. Wayne got her going and and uh, was able to win that at a huge price. How many times has he shocked the world uh, oh. at big prices? And there's nothing better than his sound bike afterwards. Oh yeah. Um, so the jab that he takes at the media and the critics <laughs> is just absolutely. There's nothing yeah. like it. Yeah. Uh, they don't even stuff. know. Well, I got to tell you, one day on our show, when we have time, I'll tell you the story about when I first interviewed him. Uh, the first time, well before I was in the industry, a friend of mine was producing some shows, and and he let me just take because I knew a lot more about horse racing than he did. He worked for the Lakers, but his company was doing some stuff, and he let me do the interview. And when I interviewed Lucas, that was one of the absolute classic moments. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to bore your audience today. We'll tell it on one of these shows in the future. Okay. Now, uh, then in in the fourth race to, uh, today, by the way, I like a horse called uh, Singapore Trader who's a first-time gelding for Todd Pletcher. I'll just put that out there at uh, six, six to one with Johnny Velasquez. <clears throat> uh, so then in the... Uh, eighth race. Eighth race, happy. yes. Let me say this. As a, as a man who has uh, been very close and actually brought the Run Happy team to uh, yeah, that's the right. New York Racing Association, I also put them on TVG initially. I'm yeah. very proud of the campaign that people are probably tired of looking at because it's a good campaign and it's very frequent. But uh, I, I put that whole campaign together on TVG, and now I've brought them to uh, the New York Racing Association. And so this is the uh, running of the Run Happy Stakes, Race 8, 
And, uh, of course, Mr. McInvale is very, very uh, proud of the fact that he raced drug-free and did what he did. Yeah. What a monster he was. What a I, I'm monster. so glad I got to call him in the Malibu. Yeah. Sometimes you just realize things are meant to be. Like, for me to be able to call that race for Mac yeah. in the Malibu was fantastic. This is a very good race. And I'll tell you what. On sentiment, I'm going to pick a long shot because I've been wondering where he is. I've, I've, I've called him on a couple of occasions, and I realize he's in a very, very deep field of good sprinters but i just absolutely think this horse is going to be a good stallion and i'm wondering whether they took him to stud and he didn't turn out i don't know what the story is but he's coming up a long layup and that's number five always sunshine he is a good looking beast of a horse and i just don't know if he's ready to come back and beat this time sure. but on his day when he's right he's very very good my second pick will be westwood i think the favorite in here who i did call um winning i think the town fool he's a very nice horse I wonder if his last loss will maybe dull him a little bit where you don't want to take four to five. I'm going to sure. take a stand against Skyler Scramjet. He was very sharp throughout the aqueduct meet. I have no problem with the horse. I just sometimes, you know how it is, there's right. form cycles. Yep. I think I think of the two, Westwood to me would be my, my, my choice between the one and the two, but and there's no way I could ever, ever not give Always Sunshine my top billing. I don't care if he's in a Breeders' Cup race. I got one you. of my favorite horses. I kind of like King Kranz, the only horse you didn't mention. That's okay. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Uh, you know, since he's moved to the barn of Rudy Rodriguez, he's really woke up. He's won his last two. And I think that three in a row might be um, on the cards for him today. All right. I don't have any problem with that. <coughs> My allergies are killing me. You sound anyway. good, Frank. I yeah. want to tell you, you sound great, buddy. Okay, then. Uh, <laughs> so the ninth race, the grade three Bogey, 41st running of it, 200,000. I think inflexibility is too tough to beat. She's very good. Yeah. And, and you know what? She's the deserving favorite. Um, I picked number one, my impression, but my notes right next to inflexibility, it's going to be very, very tough to beat her. Um, my impression is as honest as the day is long, but I think if inflexibility runs her race, they're all running for a second. But I'm going to, for the record, I will go to my impression as my top selection. What about these big barns like uh, Chad Brown and Todd Pletcher? Uh, winning at 30% on the year. I mean, it's incredible. Well, it's incredible on many fronts, but one of the reasons that makes it incredible is that in a race like this, Chad Brown's going to run two horses. Yeah. So no matter what, if he wins, it really does hurt his percentage uh, in that, you know, he's in a situation sure. whereby, you know, no matter what his, uh, his deal is, that he cannot, um, um, you know, uh, pad the stats by having, you know, both of them in there. It, it hurts his percentage automatically yeah. unless he gets in a dead heat. That's actually true because how many times this year has he run one, two, three in the last year in big races? Many, many times. And when he does, it just shows, uh, you know, how great he is because he's still able to maintain 30% throughout the year. It's absolutely That's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Now, the next race we get to is the Grade 3 Peter Pan, which I think is the most interesting race of today. Um, it's a 350, grade three, mile and an eighth. But there is Im Belmont Im implications, and I'm sure Bob Baffert will be watching very closely. He will, and I'll tell you the horse I like is a, a, a horse by a Bob Baffert horse, Pioneer of the Nile. I love number three, just whistle in here. This horse is improving. Yep. He wants more distance. He's a good looker. He came rolling at Keeneland last time out. Yep. This is the kind of horse that I, I mean, he'll be like four or five to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this horse. This is my best bet of the day. Just whistle in the Peter Pan. My best bet of the day? 
is just whistle in the Peter Pan. <clears throat> wow. I talked to Mike yeah. Matz at Keeneland, and he said to me, Frank, I've got a very good horse. And he showed me this three-year-old by Pioneer of Denial, who later on uh, broke his maiden, but he just went second to Hofburg, the tappet of Judmont Farms, and who is also going to have uh, a very good chance in the Belmont if he should uh, choose to go. But um, Just Whistle is a fabulous-looking horse, owned and bred by Helen Groves. Uh, he's got that uh, a blue-blooded pedigree, along with a blue-blooded owner, along with a blue-blooded trainer, and uh, Just Whistle is going to be double tough. Uh, I agree with 100%. All right, let's get that one home. Okay, so me and you will have interest on that one today. Uh, in the 11th race, this is one of my favorite races. I just love the Man of War. It's a 700,000. Uh, won by the great Secretariat as a three-year-old. It's phenomenal to think that Secretariat, uh, now the race was run later in the year, but he would have won this race after winning the Triple Crown. Uh, so that means that he would have won at a mile and a quarter on the dirt, a mile and three sixteenths on the dirt, a mile and a half on the dirt, and a mile and three eight. I think it was actually a mile and a half when he won, a uh, mile and a half on the turf. And I mean, just a phenomenal uh, race and a phenomenal kind of record. And uh, I think that today's race is a very, very nice rendition. It is, and uh, I'm actually going to go with the morning line favorite in here, High Happy. I wouldn't want to take too short a price. This is the kind of race that a lot of times will come down to trips, but I just think this horse has good tactical speed. Mm-hmm. He's honest. He's my pick, but I'm not like, you know, I'm not saying you got to go all in on this horse because sure. he could easily, you know, he really, you know, Stafford's Joy was favored against him last mm-hmm. time and uh, could easily win, but I'm going to go to high happy. He's 7 of 12. He likes to win. I think he wins again today. Well, I will go with high happy as well um, because I've followed this horse. I've watched this horse's races all the way along and I singled him last time out uh, to beat uh, Sadler's Joy and he did it really well. Luis Saez uh, rode him was at a mile and a half at Gulfstream. I think the mile three-eighths at Belmont will be right up his alley and I do believe that you'll get that five to two uh, but I do have a long shot in there for okay. second. I would go with the 10 horse, Money Multiplier, who was a good third at, in Qatar last time out in a million-dollar race back in the uh, 24th of February, now back into the Chad Brown barn. And he has pretty decent form uh, when you look through his uh, through his whole form. And uh, I believe that he can jump up and run second today. Yeah, he's honest. I called him winning the Monmouth last year. And uh, he had just towered over that field. The margin was very deceptive. They were never beating him. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's 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 really good. So now, um, well, let's talk a little bit about the Las Barrera out at Santa Anita. Another one of my favorite uh, races, a race that uh, was run at Hollywood Park for many many years, and now um, is run at Santa Anita. A three-year-old race going seven furlongs. No Belmont implications, I don't think. But I do no. think that they're uh, a lot more happy around one turn uh, with Kithanka. Uh, harder to say. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. And uh, also then I think that a horse called Better Shot, or Beautiful Shot, I mean, is going to be better around one turn. Uh, a whole lot better, I believe. I really like Mikhail in here. Uh, he's the two-to-one second choice. I think he's going to actually go off favorite, and rightfully so in this spot. And, uh, you know, look, uh, one thing you, your listeners and very few people don't know is the um, uh, who, even maybe who Mikhail, what is Mikhail? Yeah. You know what Mikhail is? 
Do you know what it's named after? Um, Mikhail. Um, it's not no. the basketball player. No. Because it's spelled Kevin. Mikhail is the name of the stadium where the Arizona Wildcats play. Oh. And Paul Whiteman uh, and Carl Watson, but particularly Paul Whiteman, they are huge, enormous contributors to the University of Arizona. And Paul Whiteman, like when you walk up right on, next to the building, there's a spot, a parking spot with his name on it. Huh. Um, and, and so when they name a horse Mikhail, they're naming a good one after him. And that's why three to five, it was still worth taking him in his debut. I can't believe he got beat by his stablemate Delta car last time out. But here's the thing. It just goes to show how difficult it is. It's one of the, it's the thing that if I could have ever, if I could get all my money back sure. for horses that I bet after they broke their maiden tackling winners the first time, yeah, you uh, I would have that. a nice, I would have a lot of cat. Mr. Perfect example. I think Mikhail will uh, will show everybody who he is uh, this afternoon in the Las Barrera, and what an, an what an amazing horseman Las Barrera was. Oh yeah. Uh, when I first started going to the races, you know, when 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 Affirm won the Triple Crown, I was ten years old. I was going to be eleven that year, uh, and uh, it was uh, you know one of my first memories of horse racing was I watched Affirm live at Santa Anita uh, and at Hollywood Park. How about when he carried 132 pounds in that wow. epic Hollywood Gold Cup yeah. uh, with Sherlad and all them? Yeah. Uh, what a great horse. What an amazing horseman. And he had a horse named It's the One that I was a big fan I of. I remember well, It's the One. It's the One wasn't as good as I wanted him to be, but uh, but he was pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and he uh, I actually took him against John Henry and Perot that day, which was I was a little bit ambitious. Huh. And he got a perfect trip, but he just wasn't good enough to go with those two. But he was a really nice person, and uh, he had a lot of really ama- amazing horses at his time. Adored, he trained as well, yeah. uh, and so many others. So uh, the great Lance Barrera deserves a little shout-out. Do you know, after all of that uh, affirmed in Alidar, um, they had covered in racing. They ran against each other 10 times. They covered over 33,000 feet, in, if you put, uh, you know, added it all up. And yes. what would you think separated those after thirty-three thousand wow. feet? Uh, not much, my friend. I know. I know. In the Triple Crown, it wasn't much, and in mm-hmm. some of those other races, it wasn't much either. It was ten feet, less than ten Unreal. feet. Unbelievable, Unbelievable, right? Yeah, what a rivalry! So then, uh, Firmed came to stud at Spendthrift Farm, and Alidar went to Calumet. And they kind of didn't see each other for many years. And then one day I had to go over to Calumet to pick up a, a guy called Joe Lee, who's now assistant to Kieran McLaughlin. And it was, I was just sitting there waiting on him, and there was two horses in the paddock. And they're walking up and down the paddock. And they're in two different paddocks. They're walking up and down the paddocks together and uh, uh, right next to each other. And I said to Joe, I said, Joe, who are those two horses there? He said, that's Affirmed and that's Alidar. And that was wow. unbelievable uh, for me. Um, so I would have been a great that would have been a great polo back then. And if you think about it, affirmed obviously won the battle on the racetrack, but Ali Dar made um, yeah, amends yeah. in the breeding shed. Absolutely, I was at his uh, grave last week. We brought a few people out to see. Uh, did you ever see the uh, graveyard at um, Calumet? I have never been to Calumet Farm. Can you believe it? Well, when you come here, Frankie, I am going to bring you to Calumet and give you a really great treat uh, to see this oh it's amazing you know Bully was the uh, original uh, kind of you know flag bearer for Calumet I guess 
and you, you know to see the horses that buried out there it is unbelievable but anyway I'll, i will take that invitation right away yeah okay so uh, now meanwhile back to the las Brera, i would go with the one kathanka I just think that he was just n- not anything to do with two turns, and he's back in his best game today. But I would have a lot of respect for Mikhail. Um, Churchill Downs today. Um, they have the five furlong uh, unbridled Sydney overnight. And I believe that Ruby Notion, like I, I like Triple Chelsea because she is just getting really good. And she did me a big favor last time out at winning at eight to one in a pick five out at uh, Keeneland. But I believe that uh, Triple Chelsea and Morticia, Morticia's a very good filly. She is making her first start at Churchill Downs today. You don't know how they're going to handle Churchill, uh, but she's five for seven at the distance. But I think that Ruby Notion, who makes her first start for Darren Miller today, off of the barn of Wesley Ward, I think she's sneaky at eight, eight to one. I don't want to give you out a nine to five or two to one, but if you've got to give uh, a little chance to something at a price, Ruby Notion, at eight to one with Corey Lannery. Okay, I, I don't blame you on that because uh, you know these other two that you mentioned come out of that Giants Causeway, and last year uh, Ruby Notion ran very well in that race. I could see that. My, I was just wondering about from Wesley Ward what the deal was. It's always good to know their backstory when a horse leaves uh, a barn because he's yeah. obviously an amazing horse. I actually like Morticia, and the reason is I liked her last time, yeah. and I was trying to beat Lady Aurelia, and my thinking is. Now she's drawn in a better spot, and there's no Lady Aurelia to mess with her early. Yeah. So I, I gave the nod to Morticia, but these races are usually crazy. I mean, anything, anything can happen that last 16th of a month. Especially at Churchill. For some reason, they, the results at Churchill, like, you, you, you can't make any sense of it. Well, uh, same stuff. Uh, so the one thing I do have to say is that Patch makes his uh, return today. Uh, now, I haven't seen scratches, but I think he will be favored, and... Uh, uh, you know, he's the horse that famously went to the Kentucky Derby at odds of like 40 to 1. But the fact that he was the, uh, you know, people gave him sympathy because he didn't have the one eye. I think he was bet down to like 8 to 1 or so. Yeah, he was last year's, uh, uh, we, we last year's My Boy Jack. But we had to give My Boy Jack credit. At first, I thought 6 to 1 was a ludicrous price. Yeah. But he ran an incredible race. So maybe those people were not just uh, people named Jack. Um, uh, you know, Patch is a horse. Horses like that get overbet, so yeah. I would, you know, I haven't really looked at that race yet, but I would probably be leaning against him automatically just because. Well, I would uh, lean against him. Too much sentiment. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd because there is too much sentiment, and there, you won't make any profit going to the races betting sentiment. Yeah, you know what I say. If you, if you want a feel-good story, you got to get a Dr. Seuss book. You know? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so he went off at fourteen to one in the Kentucky Derby, but he should have been forty to one, and he uh, actually ran uh, so ba- badly that day. So, uh, well, enjoy the rest of the day, um, Frankie, and uh, make some money. And hopefully all the viewers will, or all the listeners will make some money as well. And we will talk to you next week. Enjoy it, Frankie. Thanks for having me, Frank. Appreciate it. You're welcome. That's Frank Miramati, ladies and gentlemen. Now we will go off to break here on Riders Up. We'll be right back. After three years of successful trials with thoroughbred racehorses in England, Equalize was introduced in North America December 1st through leading veterinarians and top trainers. Equalize is a daily throat wash and supplement guaranteed to produce wonderful results for problem bleeders, eaters, and breathers. Take us up on the challenge. For more information, visit Equalize.net or call 1-800-615-8829.
to ESPN Radio. I'm your host, Frank Lyons. Right now, very pleased to be joined by Michael Hernan, the Director of Sales at Gainsway Farm. Michael, how are you? Hey, Frank. Doing terrific. Good to hear from you. And uh, what an exciting last weekend it was for all. And um... Well, especially for you and your partners. You have the dam of yeah. Monomoy Girl. You're the breeder of the yeah. Oaks winner. Yeah, it's a real thrill, Frank. She's yeah. a wonderful filly. She she had flaunted a lot of talent in, in her development by Brad Cox. and Great trainer. Very good trainer. I've been very impressed with him. I've been around the filly while she was here training at Keeneland in her run-up to the Ashland Stakes Group 1, and she was a dominant winner there, as you know. Yeah. And, um, but she showed a new dimension at Churchill. She really had to battle and fight, and I thought... Mark Cassie's filly ran huge, Wonder Godot, well, yeah. and, um, you know, Monomoy Girl uh, showed real courage and battling qualities when she needed to, and she came through to win the Kentucky Oaks, and yeah. Brendan, Olive, and I are just thrilled. Brendan Gallagher and Olive Gallagher, of course, from Frankfurt Stud. So now, how did yeah. you come upon Drumette, the dam of uh, Monomoy Girl? Well, we both saw her at Keeneland, and we liked her, and we had we have a couple of other mares together at the time. Right. And we had we had pinhooked a foal quite well together prior to that, and um, we saw this mare, and Brendan said to me, just have, see what you think, and, and um, she was in the back walking ring, and I mean, either you like a mare or you don't. Sure. And, uh, now, what did, you, what, what, what did you like about her? Well, she she did a lot of things. She had size and scope, quality. She had a very good head on her. And she was on a good cover to Tapazor, who, as you know, stands at Gainesway. He retired sound off a dominant win in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mm -hmm. Mile at Sanfanita for Ron Winchell when trained by Steve Asmussen. And um, I've been running his book since he came to stud. And actually, I currently own two very good yearling fillies by the stallion who will come to auction this year. So besides um, selling the, the seasons to the public, I mean, I'm a, I believe in this, what I do, and I'm a big supporter of Tapazar. And back in the day when I could afford Tapas, yeah. I, bred, I bred my good mare, Rumline, and she produced the top West no. Coast trained filly, Zazu. Yeah. Yes. She won two great ones out there, and uh, she, Don Sadler did a terrific job developing her. She's so, the dam of New Year's watch. Day, isn't she? Excuse me? She's the dam of New Year's Day. Uh, Rumline, no, she's no. the dam of flash, Flashback. Flashback, that's, down, sorry, that's uh, what Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's a good-looking horse. So, um, Mandy Pope, uh, Whisper Hill now owns Rumline, and I get to see her periodically. And... Um, so it was a joy to watch this filly come through. I knew she was going to run a big race. Yeah. She she gained good weight out of the Ashland. I think she put on 35, 40 pounds. She breathed very well. Uh, she's sound. She's a good-feeling filly. She's very kind around the barn, and she loves to hear the bugler call the, call the tune, and, and she shows up. You yeah, know? she does. She shows up every time. Now, what is Dromet? Has she had a foal? Is she back in foal? Um, Sure, sure. She had a very good colt at Frankfurt Park about uh, roughly three weeks ago, and Bye. we really like him. 
and he's a colt by Shackelford, wow. the yeah. Christmas winner who stands at Derby Dam. Mm-hmm. And um, she was bred yesterday morning, Friday, at Claiborne Farm, and she was bred to the undefeated grade one winning son of Candy Ride, namely Mastery. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. um, he, he's a very promising young horse. He's got a lot of attributes, and he stands under the Claiborne program, and he'll sure. be limited to 120 mares, and that way you can get to the stallion when you need to. And if we decide to sell this mare on the way out, um, the market won't be flooded with a, just a ton of mares mm-hmm. pregnant to him. Mm-hmm. So that was all part of the equation. And our fingers crossed because she was just bred yesterday, Friday at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And we hope that um, when we scan her in 17 days, we'll we'll see a, a, a heartbeat and yeah. she'll be pregnant with her next fall. He'll be a half-sibling, of course, to champion-elect Philly, modern oh, girl. girl. Now, what was your opinion of Justify? Uh, Justify, um, just b- before we go there, just okay. we'll say that Monomoy Girl is now pointed to the Acorn Grade 1 mm-hmm. at uh, Belmont Park on Belmont Day. I think she'll love the mile. Sure. She'll love the big sweeping turn. She's got tactical speed. And she showed us in the Rachel Alexandra that she can race in back and close and swoop around the field. So... I think she's well-positioned going forward, but the Acorn, Grade 1, Belmont Day at Belmont Park, come out and, and see this top filly and the great card of racing that afternoon. And enjoy the Belmont so, also. You, uh, exactly. You might get um, to see Justify, even if I am not, if, if I can't get the opinion of uh, what you think of it out of you. Yeah. Well, look, um, in fact, I'm headed over to Glenwood Farm shortly here, the mm-hmm. breeders of Justify, John, uh, Gunther and his daughter Tanya, and they've had exceptional run of luck, but also you make your own luck, and yeah. they've done extremely well. This is a highly talented son of the regrettably too early deceased Gat Daddy, and what a remarkable horse and impact he's made on the breed. Yeah. Um, so Justify, in the hands of Bob Bafford, came out late, later. Uh, he didn't. He didn't run a two. Yeah, and uh, he's undefeated. He dominated the Derby. He was unfortunate. It was such a bad day. Weather's bad. I know. However, he he jumped out of his stall and went right to the lead, and frankly dominated the race. And um, Mikey Smith had to just do basically a steering job. Well, on basically, him. his job was to get him out of the gate. <laughs> and yeah, he, he did that beautifully. Yes, you have to say he did. He's a cool head, Mike Smith, and. Um, Obviously, he has had remarkable success of late, and um, this is a very exciting horse. Sure. We look for him going forward to the, the Preakness, and, now, you know... Can we see it? Think, can he win the Triple Crown? Uh, well, I, I think there's no doubt. If he remains sound and healthy and well, I think he will win the Triple Crown. Yeah. How difficult yeah. is it to win the Triple Crown with the foal crop that we have? Like, when Secretariat... Would have won it, you know. There would have been a lot less of a fall crop when the Citation uh, won it. There would have been like there would have only been about four thousand folds. I now I'm guessing, and now you know you you'd have like th- how many? What's in the fall crop well, now? Well, we're looking up. Uh, we're roughly at twenty two, twenty three thousand folds at this time. It may contract slightly. Yeah. Um, However, um, you know, those who were previous winners, like the Secretariat, yeah. what an amazing horse he was, and 
you know, and then they're firm and Seattle flew and horses of that caliber. And then you had, you know, the breakthrough horse, American Pharaoh, sure. uh, grandson of her own top stallion repatriated from Japan, namely Empire, Empire Maker. Maker. How's and, it? You know, just beautiful stallion. He's doing terrific, Frank. Yeah. He's reading a big top book of mares. Oh, I bet so he is. By Don Alberto and Gainsway. And he's a terrific animal, and you're going to see some top yearlings by him at auction, commencing at Saratoga this August, and then, of course, Keeneland, September. And his book is limited to 130 mares, and he breeds like a six-year-old. Really? The vet described it to me the other day. He's highly fertile. He maintains great weight. He belies his years, as does Tapas. Yeah. And they're both thriving. And um, yeah, It's exciting times at Gainsway. Very exciting. And going back to um, the Triple Crown and the great challenge that it is, as you know, as a former successful trainer yourself. No, it's uh, Frank Lyons you're talking to. This is true. This is true. I haven't (laughs) forgotten. And, um, you know, he's, um, you know, this horse came through at a mile and a quarter. He dominated the race from the beginning. He has natural speed mm-hmm. as he flaunted there. He went 22 and changed. I mean, it was amazing. And, uh, I, I think he'll be very strong in, in the uh, in the Preakness of Pimlico and hopefully get a good, dry, fair track and the best horse wins. Yeah. And then um, we'll be on to Belmont, which I think he'll relish. Yeah. And at that point... Um, at that point, um, um, you know, we can, I'll, t- I'll you know, would uh, say to you that uh, he'll have very few challengers probably in the Belmont stage, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Like- so the big question now and going forward here, as you know, from the last few days, that um, there was a little question. He was a little sore behind, but I think he's over that. He galloped uh, this morning. Um, actually, yesterday morning at Churchill, and I think the word is good. So I certainly hope he makes it there, and uh, we'll enjoy seeing another Triple Crown winner. He'll put a lot of uh, focus on the thoroughbred industry and sure. uh, the quality of racing of that day at Belmont is the highest, and I encourage all your listeners to make their way to Belmont Park, catch a train, and Penn Station and ride out and they'll drop you right there at the racetrack and you'll have a ticket to go back into town. Yeah, that's right. Now, uh, so how many years have you been at Gainesway, by the way? Well, um, you mean when did I start my life sentence? Yeah, yes, right, yeah. (laughs) Well, I signed on, um, Anthony Beck hired me um, in 1995 uh, and it's been great, uh, great going together. Our Sales division were the leading consigner last year by average at uh, Keeneland September. And, you know, Neil Howard, Brian Graves, Sherry Ivanovich, and a top group of people working there together. And, um, of course, we have Tapet, which supplies us a lot of significant product as the leading star in, in 14, 15, and 16. And he's had three Belmont winners, as you know. Yeah. And uh, speaking of that, Taprit, who won the Belmont, he has his breeding rights have been purchased by a consortium of Gainesway, Bridalwood Farm, and 
Mandy Pope. So we're going to join Eclipse Thoroughbreds, Aaron Wellman. Mm-hmm. And, I know him well. And that horse he'll run this year. Yep. And uh, under the care of Todd Fletcher. And uh, we're looking for a big summer fall campaign. And then he'll come into Gainesway and, joy- and join the sire Tapas. And of course, his son Tapazar, now the sire of the leading filly in the country and recent Kentucky Oaks winner, Monomoy Girl. Sure. Now, you mentioned Anthony Beck, of course, the owner of Gainesway Farm. But before Anthony Beck, there was John Gaines, who was the founder well, of. Well, true. Mr. Gaines founded the farm late 70s. Yeah. And he would, he would uh, continue to run it as the stallion station it became under his guidance. And of course, Mr. Gaines established. Uh, the Kentucky Horse Park, and he conceptualized uh, the Breeders' Cup program. Yeah. So he's a, he, he made a huge contribution to the thoroughbred business, and, uh, you know, he's a very significant player in the development of the U.S. thoroughbred. And then Graham Beck stepped in when the opportunity was there, and he purchased the farm from Mr. Gaines in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And he, he was a terrific sportsman, loved horses, Loved the game, and uh, you know Anthony was brought up around that with that exposure, and now Anthony's sons uh, William, Andrew, and Henry are budding young polo players. They come out to the folding barn to watch the good Gainesway mares uh, when they're ready to fold. The night watchman will make the call, and these young guys are going to carry the torch forward. Sure. Now, in the future years and maintain the, the asset. So let me ask you, you just reminded me of this, and I wasn't even going to ask you this, but do you exercise the stallions? Um, we, we, we exercise them in the sense that we allow them to take their own level of exercise. We watch, we take temperatures three times a day. We weigh them once a month, but we do not ride them. Yeah. If a horse need, needs, um, beyond that, if he needs weight control, We'll hand walk them, Frank, but yeah. we do not ride them, um, and that's just our policy. It sure. works for us, and I know some farms ride their stallions, but um, we go with this consistent program. They they know their stall, they know the routine, and it seems to be really clicking, and we accomplish a very high conception rate in the Gainesway Shed, which is led by longtime Gainesway stallion man Carl Buckler, got an excellent group of men on the floor and occasionally I might jump in and pinch hit if one of them's off and uh, in fact last Sunday I was hanging on the ear of little Princess Emma who really? was of course, the dam of American Pharaoh dam of American Pharaoh oh, wow. she got a she got a great cover by Tappet yeah. and um, she ultrasounded on time or she uh, uh, ovulated on time and I spoke to Bobby Spaulding today and he's highly optimistic that we got her this time and we'd be looking forward to that fall. She does have a cold fall on the ground by Tappet. So Beautiful. It, uh, there's a lot of uh, momentum going. And since Mon and my girl uh, ran the race of our life. Life is good, start, Mike. Life is good right now. We've, we've picked up a good 20 mares to Tapazar. So he's a young horse worth a look. And if any of your listeners out there still have a mare to book, uh, take a look at Tapazar on the Gainsway website, gainsway.com, and feel free to call, and we'll look after them. Well, I want to say congratulations to you and Brendan Gallagher and Olive Gallagher, 
on Monomoy Girl, and I wish you all the success in the world going forward. Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks for the opportunity, and everyone can check in at gainsway.com, and when you're in town, you want to see a few stallions uh, in the afternoon, please feel free to call the farm, and uh, thanks for your time, and uh, on, to, on to Belmont for the Acorn Stakes with Monomoy Girl. And uh, Belmont would justify it. That will be a great double. Wouldn't it? We, we'd, be, we'd be cheering that home, and um, am I... I look forward to seeing you there. Absolutely. We've got to get through the Preakness first. But Michael Hernan, everyone, Director of Sales at Gainsway Farm. Thank you, Michael. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Now we've got to go off to break here on WLXG ESPN Radio 1300. Founded by Horsemen for Horsemen, industry-leading equine transportation company Equijet understands how important your horse's safety is to you. With over two decades of experience in shipping some of the world's top-performing equine athletes, Equijet staff is available to guide you through every step of the shipping process and will ensure that your horses are able to travel across the world or to a local event with ease. Equijet offers unparalleled customer service for all equestrian disciplines in every corner of the globe. To learn more about Equijet services or to request a quote, please visit the website at equijet.com, E-Q-U-I-J-E-T.com. Naira Bets is the premier place to wager on the Kentucky Derby. New members will receive a $200 bonus when you use the promo code RIDERSUP at sign-up, R-I-D-E-R-S-U-P at sign-up. Earning this bonus is simple. Just bet $200 in the first 14 days and you'll get an extra $200 right into your Naira Bets account. Plus, for Derby Weekend only, new members will also receive a free Derby wagering guide to help you win. Go to NairaBets.com, enter promo code R-I-D-E-R-S-U-P, Riders Up, and qualify for your $200 sign-up bonus today. Welcome back to Riders Up here on ESPN Radio. And just for a couple of minutes now, we're going to talk about the Derby and what our take is from the Derby. Well, I believe that Justify is the best horse, and not only physically, he's trained by the best trainer, ridden by the greatest rider that you've ever seen, Money Back, or Money Mike Smith is what they call him. So Justify was a, a very impressive winner to me, and he can go on. It's just a question of whether you know he's able to come back in two weeks and then come back in three weeks later. Don't forget, he wasn't raced as a two-year-old. But well, to look at him, he just looks like a, he looks like the best horse. And uh, good magic. He ran a, a tremendous race. Um, Chad Brown's going to give him like 30 days off. I believe that uh, he might think about the Belmont, but uh, he's more thinking about the Travers and the Haskell maybe later on in the summer. Audible, what a race he ran. He ran a, a superb race. We're finishing third, got beat two and a half lengths in the head, went off at seven to one. He was steadied at the five sixteenths. And just for an undefeated horse, well, he wasn't undefeated, but for a horse that came into the race with his record lightly raced, he ran a terrific race. Really probably, maybe the most unlucky horse in the race was Audible. And then in still regard, he was 85 to one, finished fourth. But I think for anyone that was watching the horse race, the horse's train up to the Kentucky Derby, in still regard, was training as well as any horse 
and you know Jerry Hollendorfer would not bring him to the Kentucky Derby if he did not think that he had a big chance and he ran a great race with Drayden Van Dyke young rider uh, finishing fourth my boy Jack was went off at six to one six seventy on, on I believe he was like twenty to one in the morning line uh, Bravazo for uh, Dwayne Lucas ran an unbelievable race sixty six to one finishing sixth. Uh, just ran way above what we expected from him. Hofberg, another uh, kind of unlucky uh, not to finish ahead of, but kind of looked like uh, that the Belmont would be right down his alley. Uh, Irad Ortiz rode him for Billy Mott and the Judmont Farms. Lone Sailor with uh, Jimmy Graham uh, outran his odds for Tom Amos, uh, finishing eighth. Uh, it was a very good effort on his behalf. Vino Rosso, a little disappointing for Todd Pletcher, winner of the Wood Memorial. Uh, the Wood Memorial horses didn't seem to uh, really uh, show up on, on Derby Day. Solomini for Bob Baffert, the other son of Curlin. Uh, didn't run too bad, uh, kind of split the field. A forensic fire broke from the inside. He was uh, just kind of ran the way we thought he would. He's 59 to 1, finished 11th. Um, Boltioro ran better than we uh, maybe give him credit for because he finished 12th, but he was putting pressure on Justify the whole way. And we don't know whether it was the track or whether he just got tired. Uh, we'd hear from uh, Mick Ruiz in the next few weeks and see what uh, is the deal with Boltioro. But overall, it was a great Kentucky Derby. The final time was 2.04 and one. Uh, which isn't a, a tremendous time, but in the track, on uh, the track was uh, sloppy, sealed, showery. It wasn't a, a very great day to be at the races, but it was a great day to be there because of the Kentucky Derby and Justify. I believe there was like 158,000 people there, so the rain never kept anyone away, and we had a lot of fun on that day. Got wet going in, got wet coming out, uh, but... You know, I was uh, lucky enough to actually stumble across a box. I was telling Sean, the producer, that I stumbled ac- across a-, a box in the in the great section of uh, 319 and watched the whole day there. Just sat down, got a few cocktails and relaxed and made plenty of money as I had the Yoshida justified double and bet both of them to win. So that's my take on the Kentucky Derby, and I'm looking forward to the Preakness uh, coming up here in two weeks, and then looking forward to the Belmont coming up three weeks after that. Actually, the Preakness is just a week away, and uh, looking forward to the Belmont three weeks after that. I hope that Justify will do us all uh, justice, and if he stays sound and healthy, I believe that he can win the Triple Crown. Uh, Any of the horses that since I've been here like 32 years, I would think that uh, he has got as good a chance as any horse that's ever looked down a bridle. But remember, Big Brown got beat and uh, when we could never see see anything beating him. So they can all be beat. And it's a big test, but I believe Justify is up to it. So here's hoping, wait and see, and let's enjoy the good horses when we see them race. And we'll see you next week.